What's going on, family? Remember us? Yeah. We call ourselves The Faction. It's your man, GB. And uh, listen, it's not a quick hits. I got the fellas with me today because we've got a great show we want to bring to you. It's been a while, but my good brother's with me. Courtney Beard, what's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another day with your boys on the faction. Now, doesn't that feel good? It feels the really good. Faction. It feels, man, <laughs> just to hear you say, you know, salute my people felt really, yeah. really good. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And of course, uh, Clack should be on the way today. So, um, Clack's coming late to the ring like Roman Reigns winning the title. But listen, all he has to do is show up and win. So all he has to do. I'm okay with that. So you have been incredibly busy. People don't quite know how busy you've been and you've been back to your NWA schedule. Um, Yeah. So tell the people kind of where you've been uh, in the last couple of weeks or so. Man, I have been in what we would call the mid Atlantic area. I went down to Virginia, hung out with my family there. Here comes Mr. Mouth of the South. Brandon Clack now, I told you guys he'd be late because we, he ate Taco Bell and had to do a number two, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. It, I, it, GB, G, G, it, it literally happens to the best of us. I'm saying That's hilarious. Last night, we stopped together. He got a Dorito local taco. He had a blowout. And, that's uh, hilarious. That's what happened. Uh, Brandon, am I right? What's up? <laughs> we, we, we are live. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Whoops. That is absolutely hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, but, but I've been on a crazy schedule from Virginia all the way to uh, to to uh, Memphis. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler town, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, now known as Brandon Clack, which which, hey, I'm just going to spill all the beans on Brandon. Brandon's been moonlighting listening to Jimmy Cornette, Jerry Lawler. Uh- and oh. Jimmy Cornette and Jerry Lawler really don't get along. So. Well, well, you let him that way, though. Now, GB, there was no need for that. GB, there was no. Now, G, I had led the people down a certain persuasion <laughs> to understand something mentally. And you're going to mm. tell people that I led him to Jimmy Cornette? Well, I never told Brandon Clark about Jim Cornette. Mm. Okay, got you. Got you. Well, he can speak for himself. The Clack Attack is back. Brandon Clack, what's up, brother? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Uh, he did leave me breadcrumbs for Jim Cornette. Um, he's toxic, but he's entertaining toxic. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you got to know your boundaries, how far you can go. I'm not going to be adopting any of his vernacular. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be employing, no matter what the controversy is, any of the actual curse words that he's actually using. Mm-hmm. And not just offensive words that people may not fully understand. So, yeah. you know, Jim Cornette is the man, but I'm doing good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not nearly on the road and as risky and as irresponsible as Courtney Beard is. But uh, nonetheless, I'm happy to be here. Well, it's- uh, G- GB, we, yes. we, we got on the plane to come here. We're, we're in Dalton, Alabama now, mm-hmm. Clack and I both. And we get on the plane. Clack looks like a mix between the Midnight Rider and Retribution. Clack's wearing all black with a mask on and these creepy little OJ black gloves. I don't the lady him. comes over to him and says, do you want anything to eat? Clack gives her this, the X. And every wrestling <laughs> fan knows what that means. Yes. Right there. Yes. He is in all, I mean, I'm serious. I didn't know if he was Sting, 
the Midnight Rider or Retribution. He was a Sting Nightbution. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm not mad at that. You got to be protected, man, in these streets. Got to. So I get it. I totally get it. Well, we've got a bunch of stuff to get into. And we're going to try to get into as much as we can in the time that we have. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And you know how you can reach us. But if you don't, uh, hey, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. So you mentioned retribution. So that's probably a good place to start because we've not had a chance to talk about retribution and where this is all going. This week, we found out who the leader of retribution is. It's Mustafa Ali. So I want to get your thoughts, you know, because I know you guys have both been pretty vocal about the state of pandemic wrestling and the like. But now we've got uh, at least a name or a figurehead uh, for this whole retribution situation. Does it make sense to you? Does it work for you? What do you think? Who wants to start off? One of the greatest factions of all time came from the city of New York. Their last name happened to be Wayans. Wayans came out, had a TV show, and Wayne had one phrase, hated it. Retribution, <laughs> hated it. Retro, how do you, what, what's the guy named Slapjack? Yeah, there's Slap, a guy named Slapjack. I mean, yeah. we, how do we go from Black Jack Mulligan to Slapjack nobody? I just don't like it. The, it. It looks like they're wearing leftover costumes from Tupac's California Love video. Mm. Where did they, what warehouse do they find these in? I don't like it. It's a waste of a storyline. It is a, a, a broken broken NWO, if you want to. Mm. And I do like the fact that Mustafa Ali is on the come up. But Retribution, that's not it, fam. Okay. Clack, what do you think about Ali and Retribution? Yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed. Um, but I'm not impressed with a lot of the temperature of current pro wrestling. Uh, I think if they wanted to do something along these lines, why not go back to the history books and go and check out the NWO and find the do's and don'ts out of that faction? The truth is, in the state that pro wrestling is in right now, we don't want anything new. Bring back the nostalgia. Bring back the people we miss. Hit that Jimi Hendrix guitar line and watch the people's ratings go up on USA. I don't understand why this is so challenging. If you want to be successful, go back and watch the steps of the past and just recreate a takeover faction. We've already seen this. And if you don't have the same kind of gusto that they had, we're always going to compare you to what was great. And mm. right now, Mustafa Ali isn't scaring me. Wow. Wow. So since you mentioned, I mean, I, I happen to like Ali as part of it. Um, I think I like it because it kind of reminds me and don't laugh of the Wizard of Oz. You know how you had this big, mighty voice and you find out it's this little person running things. You know, <laughs> um, I like it for Ali. I mean, if you think about it, there are some things that make sense. Uh, Ali should have been uh, at least the number one contender for uh, the WWE championship. But Kofi Mania doesn't happen last year unless Ali gets hurt. So Ali gets hurt. He misses a chance at WrestleMania. Um, he was supposed to be the hacker, and then that got squashed. He should have been the man on SmackDown and 205 Live. That got squashed. And then of all the things to be brought back into, this thing with uh, Apollo Crews and Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, which was going nowhere fast. So Cedric Alexander gets out and goes through the Hurt Business and immediately makes money. 
And now Ali gets out and leads retribution. To me, I think it's an interesting move that we didn't see coming that um, my hope is that now here's what we know. WWE's biggest problem has been sustaining and executing. So will they be able to continue to do something that gets us interested in this space? Um, because I kind of lost my I, I had interest in retribution when they first started. I lost my interest in them when they got signed and suddenly dominated Monday Night Raw for a night. And then we heard those horrific names. But then they went off of TV for like two weeks. And uh, I thought maybe they were <laughs> they were done. But I think the Ali move at <clears throat> least gives me a little more interest in it. Um, what they do with it is going to be the key. And what story they tell is really going to be the key. They were off for two weeks. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Two weeks equals 14 days. Yeah. Well, and 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 14 days meant a lot of folks in WWE were off and storylines kind of got weird and things. When, um, when a person is gone for 14 days. The 14 the 14 day vacation means something, huh? It it, it means that there's sickness in your body. <laughs> like, if you remember back in the day when you were gone for 30 days, we knew okay, you had a wellness violation. You know, if you were gone for 60 days, it was two times that. But when you're gone for 14 days, mm. we know what that is. But GB, here's the deal: wrestling is better with factions. We mm. love the horsemen, we love the yeah. NWO, we love the Wolfpack version. We love uh the we love DX. Uh, we love uh the, the who mentioned the brood. Kevin Owens mentioned the brood. He did the mention night. the brood. <laughs> uh, who, who's Undertaker's crew that he had corporate the, darkness? Or the, the Ministry Minist of Darkness. Yeah. Ministry oh, of Darkness. God. Come on, man. Jesus, help us, Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, he had those. Clyde still loves that stuff. Wait, and, side and, note. Do you do you remember? When he was doing the Ministry of Darkness and he went to sacrifice this guy and he started speaking yeah. in tongues. No, I don't remember that. No, he did. Like, it, it, it made me <laughs> so mad. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. It made me so mad. I actually wrote a letter to WWE. Like, guys. Wait, wait. G dang it, GB. That, you, it all makes sense now. G, G, wait a minute. I think I've heard how many letters have you written to WWE? Not many, but that was no, that was wait one. a minute. So more than one? Uh I'm trying to think if I wrote a second one, but I know that was the one. Like like I've seen that a lot of things, one. but that was the thing. I was like, okay, guys. We always wondered why you've not been employed by WWE, but it's <laughs> that could be somebody, why somebody's but waiting. Wait, he Vince, wrote the letter. Vince doesn't hold those kinds of grudges. Look at all the people he brought back, the warrior and Eric Bischoff, True. and like he doesn't hold those kinds of grudges. What was his beef with Warrior? I I, I think I never well, knew that oh, one, he was so beef. Warrior Warrior stuck. Him or Is tried this to hold alleged or true? No, it's real. Warrior held him up for like half a million dollars at SummerSlam. And Jeff so Jared did the same thing. Well, and they both got fired. Well, they both got fired and they're both in the Hall of Fame too. So whatever that means. But um, yeah, so Warrior was gone for a bit. He brought him back uh, in like 96 or so. And then he was gone again. And then we didn't see, and then Warrior said some pretty nasty things over time as well. Okay. So, I'm not mad know. about that. Think about well, it. He changed his name to Warrior. Yeah, which is a smart man. Well, which is a smart man. It's a petty man. So, so, so here's my thought. Wrestling is better with factions. Agreed. The faction that matters the most right now to me is the Hurt Business. 
I would agree. Brothers in suits. Yeah. Brothers who can throw down for real. Yeah. Brothers that if you see them at Applebee's and you want to smoke, they're putting you through several tables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Hurt mm-hmm. business, they really look like they came to hurt somebody. And that is the faction that they need to put their money on. They get yeah. the Samoans together and they get them against the Hurt business. There's going to be some stiff punches that night, fellas. So uh, speaking of that, let's dig into the Roman Reigns piece because we've not had a chance to talk about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, of course, in the veins, Reigns. in the veins, Reigns came back several weeks ago, uh, right? Like right after SummerSlam, uh, a week later, won the championship at Payback, uh, has aligned himself with Paul Heyman. Uh, and now we saw this thing a couple of weeks ago now with Jey Uso um, and their fight in the main event of Clash of Champions. And they're getting ready to battle again at uh, Hell in a Cell. What do you think of this Roman Reigns, Jey Uso situation right now? I give it to Memphis. It's it's brilliant. It's what we all wished would have happened to John Cena. Mm. Uh, I, I hate that it took so long. Wow. Unprofessional. <laughs> Log off. You are dismissed and no longer needed. Wow. <laughs> How wow. do you know that wasn't TV's TV. I'm definitely... going to TV. I'm exposed the devil. He's so <laughs> unprofessional. He did this last night while we were in Bible study live. Oh, with my God. Disrespectful watch, beeping at an alarm. And this ninja had the nerve. To blame it on the devil. I started to say, boy, if you don't turn your watch off, you, you, you up here sitting in front of your... you. Boy. Anyways, <laughs> somebody's got to stay focused here. I, I, so I really wish you, I wish you'd be professional and, and do your job up here. I, I me? Me? I'm You're bringing last job. You, you just talking about last night. You're talking about last night. You just completely. You see how he's deflecting? I see. Professional, and you can't accept correction. You're deflecting. You're deflecting. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He blocking. He doing. What, you remember what Mark used to do? I'm, Bam. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna I'm call yourself. Focused. Courtney Matumbo, because you blocking and deflecting all the shots right now, brother. That or Mike Pence, but be that as it may. Oops. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit too late, but right now in the climate of wrestling, you take what you can get, all right? Okay. Yeah. where we are today. We really needed this with John Cena. If they're smart, they figure out a way to bring Cena back as heel too, but we probably won't get that. But I pray he never goes back to face. I pray he offends the fans, cuss us out, tell us we're worthless, remind us how we always turned on you. This thing could get some real heat and possibly somewhat save WWE. Wow. Courtney. I'm with them. The Samoans are due their uh do their turn. And this is, you're right, this is for all the time that Vince made them stick a bone through their nose and all those things. I thought I heard something outside. I thought I had to run. Guys. I was like, what, did y'all see me? I, was like, I did. I tried. I I'm about- now I'm unprofessional. Because he's looking at watching his back. I'm like, what right, right. <laughs> It's all funny again. She get mauled on camera. Like, no. Listen. <laughs> like, yo. GB is so professional. He still do the show. Well, guys, that's that's Courtney being mauled on camera. But but no, I think I think Roman is great. But here's the problem. Roman told us he was sick in his body, but turns out he's sick in the head. Mm -hmm. He took his little cousin, beat him down and made him say, I'm the pappy. And so (laughs) literally. And then the other brother hopped down there and said, I'm the pappy. This is all building up for, for Roman against the rock. Yeah. 
That's the only way this ends. Roman against The Rock. We may get it this coming WrestleMania. Rock will do the deed. Uh, and, and, you know, knight Roman as one of the most significant Samoans ever. Not the greatest, but one of the most significant. And uh, I really think they, they work this. Bring in Tamina. Bring in Nia, who injures everybody. Make them a faction. Have them go against the Hurt Business. Hurt Business, go ahead and adopt Sasha Banks. You know what time it is. Let's get it. You know what's interesting to me? Um, I think that this Roman Reigns, Jey Uso stuff is some of the best storytelling I've seen WWE do all year. Um, yeah. And I think, honestly, it's because the story writes itself. Yes. I mean, everything in this story is 100% factual. From the fact that Paul Heyman and his relationship with the Samoan family to, um, you know, the relationship between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. I mean, the stories that they have told from this. And the footage they have from growing up, it just right. writes itself. I mean, it literally writes itself. And you can ask yourself, because I've asked, like, why did it take so long for them to do this? But in the midst of that, they've done it. And I think during the pandemic, as crazy as it sounds, when WWE has been in desperate need of something that would interest us as fans, we finally get it. And I like that we get it from an unexpected source. Like, yeah. I would never have put Jay Uso in that position. Um, but in the process, Jay Uso is proving to be a really solid wrestler um, who... I mean, let's face it, he beat AJ Styles, which you would, again, that's 2020 at work for you, right? Um, right. Jay Uso pins AJ Styles. You never thought you would have seen it. But with that said, um, I am just incredibly excited about this level of storytelling and where it could go. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have fans at WrestleMania um, for 2021, but The Rock, Roman Reigns, I mean, it has to go that way. Um, and if, if he's fighting to be the tribal chief and then he beats the rock, the tribal it. chief, you know, he calls himself the tribal chief. Do you know? I love that. Yo, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> it is so disrespectful. <laughs> and there's Heyman. Yeah. Just look and notice Heyman responds differently to him than he does to the beast. He does. He does. He does. Which I think is. I, and I wonder if we'll ever see the beast again. I don't know. I don't know. His contract is run out and um, he is a free agent and uh, I don't anticipate I, he doesn't need to be in pro wrestling. Um, there's not a spot in AEW that makes sense for him. Um, he couldn't handle AEW. No, no. I mean, I think guys can work really, really fast there in AEW. Cody would mop the floor with Brock Lesnar. Cody, I think. Are I you think, kidding me? I think Brian Cage You'd be quiet. and Brock Lesnar would Man, be a great Brock Lesnar hurt everybody on that little silly little roster. And if you don't believe me, go ask Jim Cornette. Oh, oh Lord. See, you're eating. You're <laughs> is, eating. Is, this, is this what we have to work with now? This is what we have to go deal with now. Oh, I got proof now. Jim oh, Cornette knows more than me. Jim Cornette says, <laughs> <and these. laughs> so little kids run around in tights. Man, yep. that's him all day. So let's do this really, really quick. Um, we are at the one-year mark of a few things that have happened in pro wrestling. Uh, the one-year anniversary of AEW on Dynamite. Shout the out. One year, the one-year anniversary of SmackDown on Fox. Boom. And the one-year anniversary of kind of the reboot of the NWA, which came with NWA Power. I want to ask, um, do you think these have lived up 
to their billing after one year. Now, I know one year is not a lot of time, but how's it looking, you think? If you are still standing and can put on a product after a pandemic in 2020, you've done great. Okay? Let me just say that. If there's somebody there to hit the play button and the record button, you've done well. 2020 has presented all type of options and obstacles. So if you can find a measure of success, we can't even, this this year's out. We can't even judge it this year. Next year, we have to come back and really assess it. So again, everybody's doing great. Well said. Clack. As much as I hate to agree with him, he's right. (laughs) If you are still kicking at this stage in 2020, hats off to you. I can't even be mad at you. So many disappointments and so many setbacks and so many creative obstacles. Here's the truth. A lot of the companies, and not just wrestling, but just period, have had to find creative opportunities to fight for relevancy. And in a day and age and in a culture where wrestling is not what it used to be, especially without the star power and the magnitude of the gigantic names of the golden era and the gigantic names of the attitude era in this measly era, you gotta be creative. I mean, uh, no, I'm not gonna do that analogy. Nope. But in this era, when there are, uh, when, uh, yep, that's it. Good. (laughs) Boy, he saw trouble coming. Oh my gosh. So I, I I will say that, you know, the one thing that nobody anticipated, of course, is this pandemic and uh, the pandemic certainly challenged some things. And we have to say this, AEW and WWE never stopped. Um, they never stopped during the pandemic. And a lot of us asked questions about it. We wondered whether or not it was right, but they never stopped. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, And now when a lot of the wrestling organizations are returning, we've seen New Japan come back. The NWA is back. Ring of Honor, you know, uh, as controversial as it was for both WWE and AEW, more WWE than AEW, they've pulled it off. And uh, I would, and as controversial as this might be, I would actually give the edge to AEW. And here's why. Um, Because AEW is a brand new promotion. Um, And what AEW actually proved by them not folding is the reason that those two organizations didn't fold was like it or lump it, they actually had the finances to keep going. Um, they also makes have, a difference. It makes a huge difference, right? Like the finances, even when you can't pay your people who would normally travel there, um, they got some folks from other organizations to come in and help. They also had access and resources, and that actually sur- helped WWE and AEW survive. When they couldn't travel anymore, WWE went to the Performance Center. AEW went to their home in Jacksonville at Daly's Place, and it proved to be a game changer for them since they knew they couldn't travel. Did they all lose money? Of course they did but they had enough to sustain them. And here's the crazy part. AEW had their contract extended for two years. Um, And that was only based on three or four months of content. So I think there was a lot to be said. And that's why I give them the edge because if anybody could have and should have folded, it should have been the newest of the crew, which would have been AEW. But they found a way to sustain 
and in many times provide us better content in ring than what WWE was doing. Um, let's think about the fact that AEW influenced WWE's camera angles during the pandemic. Got them to show the stage and not the empty arena. AEW was the first to put folks around the ring, be they or them being former wrestlers, which gave WWE the idea to go, okay, we'll take some of our guys from the performance center. AEW was the first to welcome fans back um, between uh, certainly here in the States. And meanwhile, WWE, as we just saw with NXT takeover this weekend, now starting to welcome some fans back. So AEW, though they were the new guys proved in many ways to be a leader um, because WWE found themselves following after the pattern that they created. So I would give AEW an edge on that, but we, we cannot, we cannot overlook the fact that WWE proved to be innovative with the creation of the Thunderdome, with the creation of the uh, Capitol wrestling center. Um, those things were very, very creative. Um, they were a great way to finally engage with fans. It was a great way to uh, fix the aesthetic of the product because we've got to admit uh, empty arena or wrestlers as fans doesn't work. But there's something about, yes, it's a thousand video screens, but it looks like a full arena. And that's all really as fans we really care about. So, yeah, that that matters. It takes courage to come back. It does. It does. It does. And courage right. is a word that's needed in 2020. It is. It is. Last thing we're going to do before we go 30 years of Chris Jericho. Favorite thoughts about Chris Jericho? Memphis, you got it. Ah, I know. What is your name? <laughs> it doesn't matter what's your name. The best thing about Chris Jericho is his connection to someone else's greatness. And that's not a slight. Unfortunately, in 2020, that's a negative thing. Uh, but that's not a slight. His, his greatest moment, his, think about his, his most famous Greatest moment. The Rock gave him cachet to catapult him to all of his creative. We accept him creatively because of The Rock. Because mm -hmm. The Rock told us it don't matter who you are. Now we want to know who you are because The Rock co-signed you. To me, his greatest moment is his greatest connection to something he ain't had nothing to do with. The wow. trampoline. His name is Rock. Wow. Courtney. Man, listen, I, this is twice in one show that he and I will say this. But I agree with him. What is happening yes. right now? 2020. Oh my gosh. Uh, I I absolutely agree that uh that, that's probably the greatest moment. Second is being the first undisputed champion. But if you listen to Chris Jericho on um inside the ring, he says, I was the first undisputed champion, but there literally was no one backstage to congratulate me after I won. Oh wow. He said even Vince left. He said, he said it was actually the worst night of his life. Wow. He didn't deserve that. He didn't. You can't beat Rock and Austin in the same night. He says to this oh. day he thinks it's a rib. It mm. has to be. He said yeah, to this day he thinks it's a rib. And, and he said worst off is he took two belts back. He said try to figure out how to travel with two belts. Mm -hmm. He said he took two belts back to the hotel. There was no food open late because he was the last match. Gosh. So he went out to the front desk and asked the same guy who just checked him in, 
could he order a pizza? The guy said yes. He goes back to his room and he's locked out. Goes back to the guy at the front desk and says, Can you let me in? The guy says, As Rock, who are you? He wow. said, I'm Chris Jericho. He <laughs> said, Prove it. So Chris Jericho goes to the room and Chris Jericho says, There are two belts. The guy says, Where? He says, laid out on the bed. He said, I'll go and see. The guy opens the door, comes back out, and says, there are two belts. Well, what's on it? And then he had to tell the guy. And Chris Jericho told him. He said that he came. Then Chris Jericho said his pizza finally comes, and it falls out of his hands onto the floor, cheese down. He said, I was so hungry and so lonely, I picked it up and ate it. Undisputed champion, worst night of my life. Wow. He didn't deserve it. it. All of that should have let him know, you better not ever leave this company or disrespect these people. You just beat arguably two of the greatest and only because it was written into the storyline. It was, it was the great cloud of witnesses from heaven saying boo him. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say that to me, the greatest memory of Chris Jericho has been his ability to reinvent himself. That's Um, right. 30 years and still relevant. And I don't mean, and I'm going to, this might sound like a dig, but whatever. Think about 30 years into Ric Flair's career. He had shown up at WWE, a shell of his former self, uncertain of who he was. Uh, It's the truth. You know, a lot of the other guys that we love, uh, you know, think about the undertaker at 30 years, right? The Undertaker at 30 years, we were like, please leave, please. Chris Jericho has reinvented himself. Here's a guy who would leave WWE and come back to WWE with a brand new persona. He would leave WWE and show up as the pain maker in New Japan and win their Intercontinental Championship. And then he would turn around and go to a brand new company and be the face of the company, which is significant if you consider the fact that, you know, here's a guy who was going to, uh, well, here's a company who was built around three or four other guys. None of them have held the world title, but Chris Jericho has. And now Jericho is using his cachet to help so many others. So I think for me, the great memory of Chris Jericho, of his career is his ability to reinvent himself, something that is very, very difficult and very, very few people are able to do successfully. So we congratulate you, Chris Jericho, whose final indie appearance, by the way, was at Southern Honor Wrestling. I should mention that. There Um, you go. And so a very significant moment there. Shout out to Chris Jericho on 30 fantastic years. So guys, we wanted to bring you something because you haven't heard from us collectively in a little while. But here we are, and I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Clack. Brandon J. Clack on all the social media platforms. Hashtag Flair's Teeth Tarnished. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, Courtney, <laughs> how can we reach you? This is not for the masses. Uh-oh. This is for one person. Uh-oh. David Ali. You can find me at at C Major Beard. Mm. Let me explain something to you. You don't pull coward moves. You don't just attack a commentator. You don't keep my man, GB. So, David Ali, you've been quiet. I called you out on Twitter several times. You have nothing to say. You let your man talk for you. But where are you at, David? Where are you? I've said your name. You're supposed to be the baddest man in the land. At C Major Beard, David. At C 
Major Beard. Spell it out. You missed that one. There you have it. You can reach me at Bob. I bet he won't miss that target. No, he, nah, he, he won't miss will. that one. No, nah, he probably oh. will. He He's not good at hitting the target that he's supposed to be intended. He's nah, going nah, nah. he to add B Rager Mill. Yeah, he'll probably miss it. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll miss the target. He'll probably miss it. He'll probably oh, miss it. Boy. Can't believe that kind of that, that thing kind of just changed my whole mood. When is the next? Did you know? Man, when, well, listen. Don't make the faction boys show up there. Next in show Georgia. is November the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Dare I say? So uh, it'd be say. a good time for who yeah. bewitched to you, David Ali. <laughs> Nicely done. You can reach me at Bonnerfied. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've missed my brothers. It's so good to have them here with me. Of course, you can check out all the stuff that we're doing at the Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow us uh, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast and join us next time. Until then, to man GB, represent from my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as the Faction. I need my people. Here we go.